we've been talking uh, about spiritual um, assault in relation to the teaching on the believer's battle that I have been uh, dealing with from the beginning of this year, the believer's battle. And as I have said, any believer who does not realize that being in the world, he's in a battlefield and um, he's in a standing battle with the enemy of our souls until his dying day, that is dying from the world, because we really don't, Christians do not die, we fall asleep, but when we say dying, the word death really only means separation. So when we say, until we're separated from this world, we are going to be in the battle, and unfortunately, you see, if a believer, if a person says they're a Christian, and they don't realize that they are in this battle, and it is a battle they've got to fight all their lives, all of their earthly lives, then already they stand defeated before the enemy. And this was the reason why Paul the Apostle exhorted us in Ephesians um, chapter 6 from verse 10 to 18 there. He uh, exhorts us to put on the full armor of God so that we will be able to stand in the evil day and having done all things to stand. So um, we have not yet examined what this whole armor of God is, but I will do that because I'm going to go into details about each piece that he exhorts that we put on but we have been looking at the wiles of the devil he says that i will be able to stand against the devil's schemes against the wiles of the devil and we've been treating the issue of the wiles of the devil in very many formats that uh, unfortunately people don't seem to realize that these things are going on in their lives. People don't seem to realize the danger that surrounds us. When people talk, when believers, a lot of believers talk about um, dangers that surround them, they're considering, they're, they're thinking, particularly um, people of African and Asian origins. And unfortunately, this sort of um, ridiculous, I can't even call it knowledge, because it's not knowledge, it's just stupidity really. The idea is being sold now to the Western world, where people believe so much in the occultic. And so when people think about danger, they're thinking about some ancestral spirit that's chasing them about and keeping them from becoming successful and becoming millionaires, and some grandmother's spirit keeping them from having children and all those things. <laughs> and quite honestly, these are neither here nor there. If you really know God, if you know your God, and if you trust, fully trust your God, you would know that there is nothing that God has ordained for you that any man or any power or principality in any realm whatsoever can thwart. No person, no power can thwart the power of God in my life. And no one has sovereignty over my life more than God Almighty, who put me on this earth for the purposes of bringing him glory. So as long as I'm walking in line with the will of God for me, as long as I'm living my life for the glory of God, as he, for, for you know the reason he put me here, as long as I honor God with my life, I abide in Christ and his words abide in me. He said... Jesus our Lord said, we will come. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, my Father will love you and we will come and make our home with you. So, as far as I'm concerned, inasmuch as I am walking with my God, abide in Christ, Christ and the Father abide in me in the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't see that power in any realm whatsoever, or that principality or anything, any kind of authority, anywhere in any realm whatsoever that has that can have any kind of control over my life 
Now, I may choose of my own volition to walk into temptation and fall into sin, but that'll be my own choice. Won't be because I'm unaware of what I'm doing and I've been, you know, uh, I've been controlled as uh, like a robot to go and commit sin. I didn't know. We cannot claim ignorance of sin. We can't. Because the Holy Spirit of God lives in us. We are His temple. He lives in us. And He will tell us. He will always tell you when you want to err. Now, whether you receive His counsel or not, or go for your own permissive will, is a total different story. And that's in your hands. That's in my hands. That's why, you know, First Corinthians 10, I believe it's verse 14, says, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is constructive. So, you see, we can do anything. God isn't going to jump in quickly and say, no, 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 you can't do that. Yes, First Corinthians ten twenty three. sorry. God isn't going to stop in, jump in and say, no, 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 I'm not going to let you do that because I love you. No, he will let me go ahead and do it because he loves me. So that when I do go and do it and I get my hands, I get my fingers burnt, I can understand the danger therein and as such, know not to do it another time. That's the thing. That is how much God loves us. He will let you do it because He's given you the ability to choose between right and wrong. He's giving you the ability to choose between life and death. So we've been talking about this, uh, recognizing the schemes of the devil. And we have dealt with temptation to a very great extent. We're, uh, we're still on the um, aspect of spiritual assault. And spiritual assault, I've spoken about pride. I've spoken about arrogance and boastfulness. All these things come together. I've spoken about uh, fear and um, distrust in God, which is a very, a very, very grave danger. You know, doubt and distrust in God. According to James, anyone who doubts God, you know, will not receive anything from the Father. Because God is not going to compete with whatever other forces you may reckon with, you know, you may consider. He's not going to compete unless you absolutely sub- subject yourself to the sovereignty of God. You'll be wasting your time. You know, the Bible says such a person is like a like um, waves tossed about by the wind. You know, the person is unstable in all he does. You've got to be steadfast with God. So we've spoken about that. So today I want to talk about depression. Because this is another assault on the Christian that um, Satan launches. Now, there's a lot of depression in the world, which is fair enough. <laughs> because um, the people of the world, yes, they are greatly depressed. A lot of them, well, if not all of them, quite honestly, because you know, outside of Christ, there is no peace for any man. So really, people who do not have it, there will be one thing or the other. Even the wealthiest people, the most famous people, the most prominent people in society... They always have a particular area of their lives where they're depressed and unhappy. And this is why they all notch all kinds of evil and secret vices, you know. Alcoholism, drug addictions, sex addictions, all kinds of things they do. Just to, and, and they're so tied to spiritism. We're going to come into that as well. You know, they're so tied to spiritism. You, you, they all do, uh, they, a lot of them belong to all sorts of cults, you know to um where they're trying to find themselves or they're trying to find inner peace or or something you know they go into all sorts of things like that you know they're they go into kabbalah and uh, uh scientology and all this crazy things you know trying to find solutions you know what nobody can find any answers to anything outside of jesus christ why because he is the author of life because he gave life he created all things for his glory 
He sustains all things. So we want to work it. And that is creation includes us. Man, we are the crowning glory of God's creation. And when we then decide that we're so clever, that's what amazes me about the modern man, you know. The modern man believes he's so clever. We, 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 we Look how we advanced in technology. Look what we can do. We can walk on the moon now. Look at us. Yes, we're going to build holiday resorts on the moon. Oh, we know about the universe. We know about the stars. We can say this. We can interpret the seasons. Look at that. We can create things. Now, now they're they're cloning lives. You know, starting with animals. But they're ambitious. They're ambitious. The modern man is ambitious. He wants to start cloning human lives. You know, given half the chance. I'm sure at some stage it will happen because this world is sinking lower and lower into depravity every day. Nothing now can happen in the world that's going to surprise me. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing. I just look at it every day and I shake my head. You know, I shake my head in in pity for a world that is more and more determined to separate itself from its God. I mean, look, just look around us. Look at the moral... I can't even... There's no... Well, I used to call it a, a moral decline before, but now it's a moral lowest. We're at the lowest of morality now, the entire world. It's nonsense. I mean, look at that abstention. So it's not preach, it's not taught in schools. But children in Britain now, they're saying children have the right to the, to, to sex education from the age of five. You know, rather another that's going to be including if they haven't already started. I'm sure they have in some places. Started to talk to them about relationships as well, so that the children can learn about um, homosexual relationships, so that they can decide because it's their right. You see, they can decide to be gays or lesbians because it's all part of relationships so they're going to be teaching that in schools now um they call that education because i mean that's why we send our children to school for to, to be educated but now that's called education all this insanity that has come into the world and all those things are getting worse and now we know we have we, we, we have gay marriages now that's on the increase worldwide and what's the new thing that's been debated debated in britain at the moment they are talking with certain church buddies of course, I'm sure the primary one being the Anglican Church. They're always the forerunner of every kind of depravity, sexual immorality in this country. Anyway, now the discussion is as to whether they're going to be allowing gay marriages in church. I know that's going to happen. Like I said, nothing can happen in this world now that will shock me or surprise me. No, because we are at that time. Things like depravity is getting worse. Godlessness is on the rise. You know, strife and um, dissensions and wars and disasters. Everything's on the rise. So we know there are signs. There are signs for us who are waiting expectantly for the return of our glorious Lord. I mean, the more I see these things, we're all affected. After all, we are all still resident here at the moment. But the more I see all this madness going on, in a way, the more I rejoice. Because um, to me, it is scripture unfolding itself, and it means that we are nearer and nearer. We're getting closer to seeing the Lord, and I am so eager to see the Lord. I cannot wait to see the Lord. Either way, whether he comes um, while I'm still here on this um, earth, and then I'm part of the church he raptures, or whether he calls me into his presence. Either way, I'm very eager to see my Lord. I mean, I have lived for him my few years in life. I, I, I've, I know him. And because, I, because of my knowledge of him, I cannot wait to see 
the King of Glory face to face. I can't wait. I mean, I keep when I talk about this to my children or in church, I say I don't even know how I'm going to behave. I don't know what I'm going to do. Whether I'm just going to pass out like Ezekiel, who kept on flopping every time he saw the glory of God. More than likely, I'm probably going to be like that. My feeble little legs won't be able to hold me up. I'm not sure my eyes will be able to behold the glory, the magnificence of it. But whatever it is, I can't wait to experience it. So yes, so we see all this nastiness going on in the world. And the modern man thinks he knows everything. Yet, yet, he commends himself for his intelligence and his knowledge, which is on the increase. Okay, but the amazing thing is though, <laughs> the, the most amazing thing that ever happened to mankind and will ever happen to mankind, the most eminent personality that the world will ever know, the most important, the most powerful man that the world will ever know, never mind all that baloney about the President of the United States being the most powerful man in the world, by whose standards? By world standards. That's no power. Like we got that Satan can still toss left, right, and center. He's not powerful as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, so now, the man, mankind did not recognize and still does not recognize the magnificence of the Lord Jesus Christ. The awesome personality of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only one who has given, was able to analyze the problem with humanity. Because, you know, all the scientists and psychologists and psychiatrists and all the medical doctors, nobody, nobody could get to the heart of man's problem. But Jesus Christ came and he made us understand that, you know what? You are like this because of your sinfulness. He made us understand. He gave us understanding of why we are the way we are. And he didn't just do that. He gave us a solution. He gave us a solution. Come to me, all you who are heavy, heavy, who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is the rest that the whole world is looking for. They can't find it, but they refuse to go to the author of life, the only sustainer and giver of life. They refuse to go to him for peace. Man is still searching to this day, still trying to find solutions. So what do they do? They keep feeding each other antidepressant pills. They keep giving each other by one of my colleagues who's hooked on this stupid medication, you know, because she's always depressed. She calls it my happy pills. What do you call happy pills? If she doesn't take it for one day, she's right back down into the lowest state of depression they can be. Very bitter, very empty on the inside. I've tried so much to talk to you about Christ, she wouldn't listen, so I've given up on that one, because she's, oh, I don't want to believe it. I don't believe in sin. I know that you don't, yeah? But that's the trouble. You're steeped in it. I don't believe in sin, yeah? I don't believe in hell. But she believes in it. She believes there is a heaven and she doesn't see why she shouldn't go there because she thinks she's a nice person. Yes, we all think we are nice people until until the words of the Lord shows us how naked and wretched and useless and totally hopeless we are. And so we come to him, the fountain of living water. And then he clothes us. He clothes us with righteousness, covers up our nakedness and our shame. He forgives us our sin. He heals us. And then all that depression he gives us, in place of all that, he gives us his peace and his joy. So, of course, the world will remain in depression and will will continue 
inventing more and more tablets and medication chemicals to shove down their gobs so that they can feel happy for a while as long as they're taking those things. Yeah, they're, they're advancing in that because now they're, they're having different strengths of these tablets and some will last longer. Maybe rather than take it three times a day, they invent another one that you can have only one a day, you know, and they call that advancement. So you see the problem with the world? They did not recognize, they do not recognize the word of life or the Lord of life. They don't want to know because they think they can do it themselves. And what are they doing? Look at the state of the world. We'll see what they're doing. Look at the state of the world. Look at the homicides. Look at the murders. Look at the evil. Look at the trampling on each other. The, the the quest for riches and for fame and for everybody trying to find substance, everybody wanting to find their own space in the world and just for what purpose? Just to oppress others. Look at it. Look at the breakdown in, in family life. Look at all the poor children in orphanages. Look at all the poor children in homes. Look at the, the ones in prisons even in some parts of the world. Yes, you have minors in prison in some parts of the world. Look at the homeless children. Look at all the children having to slave for, 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 for a morsel of food. Look at all the children growing up in poverty. Just look at the state of the world. Yeah, look at it all. Look at marriage. Let's see what marriage is like nowadays. Look at the addiction to drugs and to alcohol and to and, and to sex and to things, things. Look at all the idolatry going on. People just want to be attached to one thing. They love hero worship. The people that the world embraces are the dirtiest, filthiest people in the world. They call them stars and celebrities. But they're the ones the world loves. People that shouldn't even be seen, let alone emulated. But the world rejects Jesus Christ. And yet they want to find their own answers. They're never going to find it. That's just the way it is. They're never going to find it. So now my question is this. You who are a Christian, what is your business being depressed? That's the thing. What's your business being depressed? Why are you depressed? Because this is a spiritual assault on your faith. It is part of the schemes of, of the devil. To destabilize you, to shipwreck your faith. And that's the thing, you see, because doubt and distrust in God leads to fear. Fear, in turn, the Bible tells us that perfect loves drive out fear. If you have perfected your love for God, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, because you cannot outlove God. And God's love is made perfect in us already. He couldn't love us any more than he does. He's loved us from right from the beginning, even before we were created. He created everything else. And then he said, let us create man in our own image and likeness. And then he did. And he gave to, into the hands of man everything else he had created for the first five days. Everything else he had created, he gave into our hands. Fill the earth and subdue it, he said. He gave us everything. He gave us everything. He gave us of his own spirit, of his own breath of life. Death was never a part of God's plan for us. All the evils that we see today that dominate uh, humanity were never ever part of God's plans for us. But we chose to go our own way because we, we're wise, we're clever. Started with Adam and Eve who, you know, coveted God's sovereignty Satan said, you know what? Why is it not here taking all these commands from God? You can actually be God's yourself. You can be like God. 
He told her not to touch that fruit, the, that that knowledge of the the fruit of the knowledge of uh, good and evil. He's lying to you. He tells you you'll die. You wouldn't die. He just knows. He doesn't want any competition. That's what God wants to do. He just wants to sit there and lord it over you. He wants to make you subject to himself. When you can actually be like him. You eat it, you'll see you're going to be like God. And that was the trouble. That was the fall of man. Selfish ambition. To this day, man is still committing that same sin of wanting to be like God. As long as you walk in disobedience to the commands of God, you are competing with the sovereignty. And you know what? Like Adam and Eve, one will fall over and over again. As long as you do not. Because people say, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. But even the Lord wasn't, de- he wasn't deceived. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? If I were really your Lord, you would obey me. So you see, lip service, it doesn't cut it with God. If he really is truly your Lord, you would walk in obedience. As long as you walk in any disobedience whatsoever to the commands of God, you are competing with us for his sovereignty. You are saying, listen, I am God in my own temple. I will do things the way I choose. So you see, the very first thing of Adam and Eve is still being repeated daily. Daily, daily. And it's, just, it's a terrible tragedy. Because anyone who lives like that will not see the fullness of the glory of God. Will not know peace. Because you know what? You you cannot have peace unless you are in the Lord. Unless you abide in the Lord. You cannot know peace otherwise. You cannot. You simply can't. Because you know, peace comes... Peace, with, peace in our hearts comes as a result of peace with God. If you're not at peace with God, you cannot have peace in your heart. You cannot have peace in any aspect or any area of your life. And this is what the world is is thirsting for and hungering for. Peace. People want peace. World peace. We're never going to have a time of world peace. Not in this present world. Don't, don't Let's not kid ourselves. It's too much evil. And this lack of peace leads to depression. And you know what depression is? Depression robs you. It robs you of the joy of the Lord, which is meant to be your strength as a believer. Because when, the, when uh, in the days of Nehemiah, when the people found the, the the laws of God and it was read to them, they 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 began to cry. They were depressed. They were upset. You know, seeing their the, their sinfulness was exposed and they saw how far away from God they were, and they wept. And uh, Nehemiah said to them, "You know what? This is not a day of mourning. This is not a day of weeping. This is a day. You know, let's de- dedicate this day to the Lord. It is a day that we're being called back into the fold of God. It's a day that we're being called to repentance. So you know what? Let us not cry. Let's set this day. Let's make this day holy. This is a day that is holy unto the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you have the joy of God in you, and that joy comes from belief, from trust, that unshaken faith. Regardless of what storms rage around you, the joy of the Lord is inborn. The joy of the world of the Lord is not publicly available. It is not available to all and sundry. People of the world, they experience happiness. We all experience happiness. You know, happiness in a state of the moment. Something nice happens, we're very happy. You know, something something good happens, we're very happy about it. But how long does it last? All that euphoria of that particular incident, only as long as the, until the novelty wears off. You know, this time last week, um, I was I was at my father's my father's birthday party in Nigeria. I was eighty, 
and um <laughs> and after the after the party it was a beautiful party i mean eight is a good milestone i was um, glad and privileged to have been able to uh, celebrate it with him and anyway so uh, one of my sisters i uh, were talking later on about everything following she said oh oh daddy was so happy yesterday you know i said yes that's good i realized that and it was a beautiful day and then she said oh i spoke to him during the uh, at the end of the party and he said oh this is the this is the happiest day of my life i said what that was the happiest day of his life what happened to the day i was born the day i came into his life see my father's, you know, he owes me one for that. He owes me an explanation for that. I thought the day, happiest day of his life was the day I came into his life, you know. Apparently not. Because now, what, how long, how many years ago, 40-something years later, he's found another happiest day of his life. I bet the day he got married, he said that was the happiest day of his life. He probably said it when he was 25. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying about happiness? <laughs> it's a spoil of the moment thing. We all experience it. Give me a check for one one million pounds now, and I'll tell you, oh, this is the happiest day of my life. Well, I probably won't, actually. I thank God that I'm wiser than that, you know. <laughs> but I'll probably, I will wear a lot of happy smile on my face, and um, I will be happy, yeah, because I've got that. I'm, I'm, you know, within minutes, I can tell you where the money's going to go. I can do this. I can pay that debt. I can pay this. I can do that. Good. And I'll be happy. Give me one month later. I still would not have a million pounds because I would have done a lot of things with it. I may still have half of it. Maybe not. And um, But the fact remains that if you check, if there's a meter for measuring happiness, if you check my happiness level the day you gave me the money, and a month later you find that there would have been a serious decline in the level of my happiness. But when we come to talk about the joy of the Lord, now that is a totally different thing. The joy of the Lord, I always have that. Whether I've got money in my pocket or not, whether I've got food or not, whether I've got bills or not, whether I've got, uh, I don't know, debt collectors or bailiffs writing to me, threatening me or not, whether I'm on my sick bed or not, whether I've had a pay rise or not, whether you know nothing at all nothing nothing ever affects that that has nothing to do with my physical circumstance but the joy of the lord has everything to do with my spiritual circumstance which is the true me that person who is in one accord with god that person who loves Christ with all my heart, all my strength, all my soul, all my mind. That person who lives for that hope of salvation. For that eternal hope of salvation. That, that person who lives eagerly for the, um, for the unspeakable joy that I will experience the day I see the Lord face to face. So you see, there's nothing, nothing, there's no nothing in my physical surrounding that can affect that. That is only for those who know the Lord. And in such a person, where do you want to find depression? There is no room for depression. What can depress me? What can depress me? Like I said, depression robs you of the joy of the Lord. Now, because if you do not trust God, 
If you do not trust God, you are not at peace with God because you don't know. You're doubting Him. You're worried. You're worried about your circumstances. Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry about your physical circumstances. Seek ye for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Everything else will be added unto you. But no, you rather choose to worry about the things around you, your physical circumstances. That which the Lord said you not to worry about is exactly what you want to worry about. And you worry about it, you can't do a thing about it. That's the funny, that's the irony of it. That's why Jesus said, which of you, by worrying, can add even one hair to his head? You can't. You whine about it. Ooh, I've made it rich yet. Mom, my friends have bought, uh, bought their own homes. Ooh, this person's got such a good job. That person's married. That person's got children. I haven't. But there is nothing you can do about it. So you see what happens. You're depressed. You've got no joy. Because it is your spiritual state of mind that is in turmoil. It's in a mess. It's in a mess. You do not trust God that he knows what he's doing about your life or with your life. And so you're depressed. So you see? You're depressed and then what happens? You start looking for solutions to this depression. This is what leads to a lot of other things. Depression is a terrible, terrible, grave evil. Because it leads people into a lot of things. Cultism. Spiritism. Spiritism now, we've got that in the church, but it's disguised. It's disguised. They don't call it that. Well, the, 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 you've got all these phony pa- uh, prophets and things who claim they see everything and they know everything. They, to them, God has re- revealed every plan for your life. That's a whole lot of baloney. God is not in the business of revealing every step of, and every stage of my life to another fellow fallen human being like me. I don't care what title he claims he has or what visitation from God he says he's got. We walk by faith. If your relationship with the Lord is right, you don't need a third party to tell you what God's plans for you are. Ministers of God, we give guidance in line with the word of God. But I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen at the job interview you're going to on Wednesday. Because I'm not a seer. When I'm, and, and I'm not a diviner either. We're not called into that. In fact, divination, God says, is a terrible sin in his presence. There's a lot to talk about this. I, so we're talking about depression, and we will for another couple of lessons, I believe, because there's still a lot to talk about this. But we will carry on. Depression is not for the believer. The world, yes, they can be depressed. They will be depressed because they do not know the Lord, because they have rejected the Lord of life and the sustainer of life. So, yes, it will be like that for them. But you who are a believer, you have no business being depressed. And we'll find out. It is part of the schemes of the devil, and you must rise above it. You've got to overcome it because Jesus already has given us the victory. Do not let Satan rob you of your joy in the Lord. Until the next time, I'm Sarah Jala Emmanuel. May the Lord continue to guard your hearts and richly bless you.